Our text for this morning's meditation is from Luke chapter 16, these words. He said to him, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. That's Luke uh, 16.31. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, now those are tough words. Tough words, aren't they? Tough words. If they don't hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. In other words, if the people of Jesus' day didn't listen to the word of God proclaimed to them about him, if they did not hear and believe that word, that is statements, words, sentences about Jesus, about the coming Messiah, even if some miraculous event occurred, they still would not believe. And here we can quickly point out, briefly, the temple authorities as an example, who when the other Lazarus was indeed raised from the dead by Jesus. They were not impressed. They did not have a change of heart because of the resurrection of Lazarus right outside of Jerusalem. They didn't pause in their assessment of Jesus, those temple authorities, but instead, what did they do? They added Lazarus to their list of people who would need to be killed along with Jesus. You can read that in the Gospel of John. And here we must also note that when Jesus rose again from the dead three days after his crucifixion, he no longer appeared to the general public. He didn't appear to the world, but he appeared only to those who believed in him, that is, to those who had believed the words spoken about him before his crucifixion. In Romans, it's noted The key to Abraham, to understanding the covenant God made with Abraham, was to grasp that Abraham stood in good stead with God, that Abraham was considered by God to be righteous and holy simply because Abraham had believed what God had spoken to him, what God had said to him, the words of God. So our Old Testament reading this morning, section of Genesis referred to by the Apostle Paul in Romans. So what is, so what is with us? What is with us? Have we grown a bit cold, cold towards the Word of God, like we do with the words of someone who we prefer not to listen to anymore? You know we do that, right? We do that. That is, we begin to tune people out, the people who have hurt us in some way, perhaps, or steered us in the wrong direction in the past. I mean, we still may talk to them out of common courtesy, but we don't listen to them anymore. But have we gone even further with the Word of God? Do we somehow think that we can ignore what God has spoken to us by the prophets in these last days, what God has spoken to us by his Son, hoping, like the rich man in the parable in hell, for some event, some experience, some phenomenon that we can embrace instead as evidence, as proof that what God has spoken to us in the past is true, and then, then we'll get back in the game. 
Then we'll engage with the Word of God once again. Admittedly, it it could just be that we have our filters, our filters set way too high. That is, the filters in our brain that allow or do not allow words and sentences to go further into our mind than our eardrums. Why have we done that? Why have we set our filters so high in our ears that we let almost no words, no sentences into our minds? Well, we are inundated by the blah, blah, blah of the world, aren't we? And being so inundated by the blah, blah, blah of the world, it could just, be, could just be that we have gone from filtering out all sorts of thoughts and sentences from our minds, useless content really, to beginning to think that we just don't need to listen to any words, to any sentences, anymore. Ours has become an icon, push-button, communicating without talking or being talked to world, hasn't it? I mean, why bother to place an order with a nice Russian lady at the Taco Bell down here in Fridley if you can order and pay for everything by pushing buttons on your phone? And then when you go through the drive through all you have to say is, I'm here to pick up online order for X. Do we want words? Do we want to hear words? Do we want to use words? Or do we simply want to have experiences. If we turned off our ears to words to the extent that even the words of God to us we have tuned out. We need to repent. Repent for breaking the third commandment by not listening to the word of God. Repent for not gladly sitting like Mary at the feet of Jesus to hear him speak, to hear his words. Repent for not openly and honestly being able to confess along with Peter, Lord, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words, the words of eternal life. Words of eternal life, the words of Moses and the prophets, the words of our Lord and Savior Jesus entering our minds and hearts like I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Such wondrous words, words which penetrate our hardened hearts with the comfort that our sins are daily forgiven. Our sins are are covered by the blood of our Lord and Savior Christ shed for us on the cross. Our sins are removed from us as far away as the east is from the west. Wonderful words, wonderful words of God. And from today's epistle... So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God. And God abides in him. Wonderful words. Now, maybe there's another reason why we've set our listening filters so high why we don't even want to hear words and sentences anymore, and that is that the world around us has simply talked itself out as far as the words of the world are concerned. There's nothing new, nothing new under the sun. 
what Solomon taught us. And having listened to the news, to talk radio, to talking head after talking head after talking head, not just for years, but for decades, they've just had enough. Had enough. Or maybe there's that self-improvement angle. That is, maybe we've learned to listen only to that which makes us feel good about ourselves. And everything else we simply tune out. The problem there then becomes that when we are confronted by the word of God, like in our epistle reading, whoever fears is not perfected in love. Or if anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. And then there's that reference to the day of judgment. What do we do? These are all uncomfortable words, all problematic sentences, all challenges to who we are and what we think and what we say and what we do. That's what the world does, doesn't it? Doesn't the world simply ignore what it doesn't want to hear, especially about itself? The Roman historian Tacitus noted that when the Christians were blamed by Emperor Nero for burning Rome to the ground in A.D. 64, the fire that Emperor Nero himself had set. When the Christians in Rome were blamed by Nero for starting that fire, they were rounded up and executed in the most gruesome of ways. Their crime, arson. But after a while, so Tacitus notes, the crime of the Christians became something more broad, more general, and that is that the Christians were executed by Nero for their general hatred of humanity. Their hatred of humanity. That was their crime, according to Nero. Well, what did Nero mean by that? Well, he meant most probably that the Christians didn't approve of him or of Roman society in general and what was going on, how they were living, how they were conducting themselves. And they expressed that disapproval with words. The Apostle Paul, for example, lists the behaviors, the popular behaviors of the time in the cities of the Rome, uh, the cities of the Roman Empire. Here's that list. Fornication, that's sex before marriage. Impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, selfishness, dissension, party spirit, envy, drunkenness, and carousing. We find this list in Galatians chapter 5, and and it is a good description of Nero of Nero's way of life and Roman society at the time in general and even our society today, right? I mean, if we're honest. And of course, as Christians, such actions are actions we seek to avoid because, well, they're sinful, they're unrighteous, they're against the will of God, certainly not loving or expressing the love of God. And in opposing the practice of such things in this world, however, Christians... Uh, were not at the time of Nero and are not even today haters of humanity, but simply those who reject hate and embrace love 
Those who seek to avoid a sinful life, that is a loveless life. Those who seek not to anger but to please God in how they live. Now the world figuring this out might again today level the charge that Christians are haters of humanity. Why? Because the world is not going to like what the word of God has to say about it. No. Again, Christians are not haters of humanity, but those who endeavor always to love our neighbors and in doing so can't promote and participate and praise what is sinful. So there's a tension there, isn't there? A tension. So maybe that's why a life of experience instead of words and sentences is that for which our old Adam yearns. For our old Adam belongs to this world and wants to get along in this world and participate in this world to the fullest extent that it can. And our old Adam, it can tolerate a few religious experiences. It just cannot stand the clear and simple truth of the very word of God which comes to us in English, in words and sentences, and lays out for us, lays out for us the reality of the sin that has engrossed the world and in which the world is trapped and the culture in which we live. But the Word of God also brings to us the promise, the simple promise of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that He, the very Son of God through whom all things were created, didn't come to us to condemn us, but so that we might be saved from the sin that surrounds us, the sin in which we live every single day and have to listen to every single day. And He has made a beginning in us by sending His Spirit to us through His Word so that we are empowered in spite of the sin that exists within all of us to truly love our neighbor. Now, those are simple words that are true. No experience is needed. So let's think on that this week. Amen. Now may the peace which passes all understanding keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. We rise and sing the offertory.